Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of LCBJA Talks. I'm Carlos Rachila. With me this week is Tim. Tim is a blue belt with us. He's been training for over a little over three years with us. And uh, you'll get to hear a little bit about Tim and uh, find out how Tim is a musician and how Tim how Tim thinks that um, music and jujitsu parallel each other in the kind of outlook and the philosophy and, and the practice of, of it and how they really, like I said, parallel each other and uh, how how jujitsu has really helped Tim um, through kind of, you know, I guess become a better musician maybe or, or just overall in, in general. Um, it's a, had a fun conversation. Tim's, um, it's funny because I mentioned it in the podcast that Tim didn't actually want to be on the podcast. He didn't want to get interviewed, but he wanted to be involved, meaning with topics and and, and, and all that type of stuff. So, um, again, I, I told Tim, listen, we have great conversations after class. Let's let's press record on one of them, and, and we go. At the very end, it does cut out because, again, it started to lead into something else that might be a part two of, um, of yours truly, as Tim was a little curious about the business aspect of the academy and, you know, how we started it, when we started it, why we started it. And I thought that'd make a maybe a, a part two or, or another separate episode for this uh, for the podcast. Um, I think uh, at the very uh, in, in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the interviews as well, um, you'll hear text messages and phone ringing, <laughs> and I do apologize for that as we try to make it as quiet as possible when we're recording, but not not always the case. Um, also, another interesting thing, um, as I went back and I and I listened to the recording again, I made mention of John Satava when it came to you know um, similarities between the students and the instructors. I actually just rolled with John Satava a few days ago at the he had a he had a seminar at uh, Newbury Training Center, and uh, you know what a great role he was phenomenal. And uh, he's very, very, very good. Um, so that was always a that was always a, a name that got brought up. Uh, actually, you know, I had a chance to roll with him, uh, which was awesome, which was an awesome, awesome experience. But I uh, hope you guys enjoy our conversation with Tim, um, because I try not to talk too much during these interviews. But it seems like Tim got a little bit, little mic shy in the middle, so you'll get to hear me yip yapping a little bit more. So again, I apologize and. Um, I hope you guys enjoy it. Thanks. Bye. All right. So I'm here with Timmy, uh, or Tim. What's up, Tim? What's up, Carlos? Thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate it. Um, you didn't. You didn't never. You didn't want to do this. You said that you didn't. Uh, you gave me some ideas for the podcast, but you're like, well, I don't actually want to be on it. I just want to give you ideas. I know. I'm yeah. shy, but maybe this will be the barrier. This is how I break Finally. the shyness barrier. Finally, um, I want to interview you, but I think we uh, I think we can have a conversation about other things too because I think uh, I like your outlook on on like certain aspects of jujitsu. But um, I'll start off with like kind of like the stock questions, like what? Uh, so how long you've been training jujitsu with us or in general? Uh, I think I've been training for a little bit over three years now, and uh, this was my first dojo ever, so. Yeah, pretty much been here from the start. Tim likes to call it a dojo, which is, which is awesome. Um, I usually call it a school. 
or um, the academy, but Tim Tim likes to uh, refer to it as a dojo, which is kind of funny. Um, so you've been here over three years. You and your brother do it. Yeah, uh, he got into it first, and he kind of he got me into it. Yeah, I remember you guys' first time here. I, I still do um, because we sat down. We had a conversation about how you guys were going to be polar opposites when it comes to jujitsu. I told you your brother was going to be more of the technical person, and then you're going to be more of the aggressive which three years later, it still holds true. <laughs> so um, I think I got lucky. Um, I usually am not very good with predicting things sometimes. Well, I think, I guess I am sometimes, but you never know. But what, um, so what drove you to do jiu-jitsu? Were you always into martial arts, I'm assuming? Um, I always had an interest in it, but no style ever really like clicked with me where I like got obsessed like this. Like right. I've done karate before. Yeah. I even did a trial of jujitsu with my brother for, for a while and, and it didn't click with me then. But only wow. until I went to the first dojo, like I don't know what it was. Maybe it was just like timing in like life, but that's when I really dove into it. And it wasn't even really to get into martial arts. It was just like fun as shit to do. Like I didn't even give a fuck about self-defense or anything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to fucking move. That's why uh, a lot of people come in for self-defense, but that's kind of funny. I thought you guys, you didn't really care. Um, you've been here for three years, and we'll run through the gamut of the questions that I like to ask everybody, all the students. Sure. You've been here for three years. Um, you start Well, you started for a different reason, obviously. You started just because you wanted to do something. So that's completely different. Now, I think you're a real rare case of like either a lot of people are like, oh, because I wanted to defend myself or I wanted to lose weight. Those are really the two reasons that people started. But you gave me like a third one. Oh, no, you actually gave me a fourth one. A lot of that I, I do have, we do have a couple of people here who wanted to join because they miss the um, environment or that camaraderie that, you know, their other sport um, gave them if they played sports in high school or college or whatever. Um, you gave me the fourth one where you just kind of wanted, uh, I guess, learn something new, I guess, or no? Yeah, I mean, it kind of came at a point where it's like the timing of when I came into jiu-jitsu is I was actually feeling like burnt out from like music. And that was like my, that was like the art. And I feel like jiu-jitsu, when I didn't really have that uh, drive to do music, jiu-jitsu kind of took that place. Mm -hmm. And I kind of... The same way that you try to get good at music, you just get obsessed with it, you listen to it all the time, you drill, you practice. Uh, when I didn't have the drive to do that with music, jiu-jitsu kind of helped keep that like um, artist mentality alive to where it's like you're always working on something that's personal and for you. Mm -hmm. And it just so happens there are other, it helps you out with other things in your life. So that's like why I think it really clicked after a while. Tim's, uh, Tim's side gig is a musician, as a... Uh Jiu-Jitsu is full-time, I guess. No. Um, so you're a musician. That's kind of kind of figure there's a lot of, like, uh, arts, sort of speak, right? Kind of quote-unquote arts, I guess, or an art that always people that I've talked to, not just not just here, but, like, outside of in my time in Jiu-Jitsu, they do the same thing. They relate their art, whatever, whatever was painting or writing or whatever they do to jujitsu, and they're like, it's very similar in the, in the sense that you have to, uh, you're constantly practicing it and you're constantly doing it. You know what I mean? Like, in your, and it evolves, and then you write your own style or you paint or, you know what I mean? Or you're, sometimes you're painting, uh, uh, will reflect the mood that you're in. Is that kind of like the same, or is it, yeah, do you feel I, like it's the same? Or? I feel like it's the same in the sense where it's like you're kind of equipped, there's like basics and fundamentals, but you, it's, you individualize it through your 
personality and like you said your mood Mm -hmm. and um yeah I think it's like that's why I think it's like an art you know it's it's all about being creative after you learn the basics and stuff and uh I feel like it can also be an uh, be used for an emotional output the same way a song can Mm -hmm. you know like and I think that's what jujitsu kind of taught me like there's so many ways to express yourself right you know and um there's always new ways to do so and I feel like that was like missing from like kind of like my manhood in a sense like all I did when I grew up was like stay in a room play music I wasn't very social and then when I started doing jiu-jitsu just by showing up to class every day it's like without even noticing it's like wow I have friends now wow I'm 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 developing people skills I'm, I'm getting less shyer and shyer every mm-hmm. year like it it kind of it's it goes that deep I don't know how we got there but <laughs> what uh but I mean so you were sh- you said you were I guess shy but even when you're playing music because you, I mean, you've seen on. I've watched you play. I mean, you've playing in front of a bunch of people. It's true, it, yeah. But it's like um, I find that to be socializing. I find that to be the hardest part. You know, it's like I, I don't feel anxious about performing like the music. What I feel like anxious about is like talking to people before, or after, and it's sometimes even when people come up to say like "good job," um, I find it to be like a challenge to be comfortable. But jujitsu, by stepping on the mats every day with all these people, like shows me every day how cool and uh, tolerable and compassionate people can be, yeah. you know, so no reason to be shy. Yeah, no, no reason. Um, going back, because I kind of want to keep diving into that music thing. Um, you said there's basics, there's fundamentals. It's weird because I know sometimes people do basics and fundamentals change throughout the time when it comes to music, meaning that. I mean, I, I don't. I have no idea about. I don't play any instrument, so I, I have no idea. But I know, but I know there's always, you know, let's the guitar, right? You're always, I don't know, your hand placement. Does that ever? Does, does that change? You know what I mean? Does that? That's pretty much universal, correct? Um, I guess there's. I don't know. There's universal aspects like melody and rhythm. Okay, I, at least okay. as far in like Western music, like kind of rock and pop that you hear, yeah. like in America. But um, other than that, there's always like. There's there's always like new forms of music coming out even to this day. Mm-hmm. I mean like I feel like the computer is a new guitar, you know. Right. As it like and you know 20 years ago, dude, it was all about the electric guitar, mm-hmm. you know. And then it fused with technology, and then it evolves, and now there's new skills to learn, and people are expressing themselves in ways that haven't been done before in this generation. Do you embrace you know? that new change then? I feel like lately I've j- just recently have been. I feel at first I was kind of resistant to the change, like, oh, old school's better, or it's all about the natural music. But I think after time you realize that the it's not really the medium that matters, it's the person that's, like, doing it. Mm -hmm. So kind of like with jiu-jitsu, it's like there's so many, like, you know, you can have any kind of guard you want, you know? There's not one way to do it, you know? It's what works for you or what you're most expressive in, Yeah. So it's pretty universal. So the basic and fundamentals are always going to be universal, no matter if they're playing the guitar or making that same sound on a computer. Like or, rhythm, or, you know what it, I mean? Rhythm like is that like, rhythm and melody. Yeah, that does not change no matter what. Okay. Whatever the sounds or mediums yeah. are. That doesn't change. Okay. So it's kind of like, so it is kind of like jujitsu because in the sense that it doesn't matter. The fundamentals are always going to be the fundamentals. And that's the thing. Like, always people get confused about what the fun- what fundamental means. To me, there's basic techniques and there's fundamentals. The fundamentals are more conceptual, meaning that this is what you have to do in this position. 
this is what your objective is in every position or, or you know what I mean? Like you have to have these fundamental concepts down in order to be able to apply it to the different guards. Um, I mean, it's the same, I think the same principles apply for the close guard as they do to like worm guard. You know what I mean? But I think people, I think there's a lot of old school people in jujitsu that are like, they shun those techniques because they're like, well, it's not what we were used to. You know, and there's that closed mindedness. And you said it that you're like, before you're like, no, we got to do it old school. But recently you've been embracing it. Um, is it, does that, when you embrace the new technology, does that make you better? Do you think that makes you better? Does it make it, I mean, does it help you as, a, as an artist to kind of dive that in? Does it open up another pathway, you know? I feel like as, like, one as an artist, but also just as a music fan, it makes music as a whole more in, uh, enjoyable because you mm-hmm. you're less rigid, mm-hmm. you know, um, and you're more open and, like, take ideas, you know, instead of kind of just sticking to this, like, preconceptualized idea as to who or what you think you are, right. you know? And, um, yeah, I mean, there's almost like an ego thing. Like, you almost have to, like, smash your ego to, like, accept that change and, like, accept a younger generation coming on, right. you know? So, yeah, I feel like it's helped overall in life and made it. And I listen to a lot more different kinds of music now because of it. Because of, your, because of your openness to, and you're able to appreciate, like, these other type of music. Yeah, I mean, it just kind of it just it just it all relates to jujitsu. You're we're having a jujitsu conversation. I have nothing. I know nothing about music. Like I listen to it, and that's it. That's all I know. It's all about about as much as I know. But when we talk about it, I can see where you're coming from because of the way that jujitsu kind of is the same. You know, there's guys that, like you said, there's guys that are old school and they they're like, you know, we're doing we're doing the basic techniques till we die, and then there's guys who I think you kind of need that embrace the new techniques, the new guards, the new way of passing, whatever. Um, and it just opens up their game. Now, I don't, you don't necessarily have to do it, but you can appreciate it, and then you can pass it along to your students. Um, because I think that if you don't, you're just doing your students a disservice as an instructor. Um, I don't know if you feel like you're doing your, doing yourself a disservice not listening to this other type of music. Totally. I mean, like, I feel like it's a good way to. Uh, oh, my bad. Sorry. Um, I feel like you want you want to pay homage to those that came before you, um, pay your respects to like to tradition. Like, you can get into the new stuff without ignore. You have to. I feel like you got to acknowledge both sides. Yeah. Yeah, I um, I can see the uh, yeah I can see the correlation big time with music, man. Like, um, when it comes to it, you ever been um, you haven't been injured right with your hands? Does that ever concern you? Uh, I got I've I've had my fingers jammed up once be- a couple times before, but I can I, as long as I got two or three fingers, I'm good. How uh, how many instruments do you play? Uh, I can play like basic drums. I play the bass and guitar, and I also sing. Yeah. You My job is singing covers and stuff. Nice. At bars, yeah. That's what I do. Um, <laughs> no, I don't. Um, Tim's a master of karaoke. Um, totally. <laughs> I, I, um, 
Yeah, because I uh, there's a lot of, um, and, and I always ask this. So, what um, you've been here for like three years? What um, when you look? Because you're you're trained a lot. You've been you're like you train. You're here like three or four days a week, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what one little thing? What what's one little thing that you see from people that that stick around here for uh, for six months? What do they have that others don't after they quit? Like a day after a day or a week or two weeks. What do those people have that other the others don't? In your opinion, because I've asked this same question to the other guys, the other people that I've interviewed, and they all kind of give the same answer. But I, I just want to see what you think. Sure, um, I think it's um, enthusiasm and like and kind of like a, a passion. Like I feel like the people that love it, really love it, don't give a shit about like losing. Like, they're just happy to be, like, moving, rolling, and, like, learning. So I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah. What, what did the other people say? Just curious. Pretty much the same. Okay. <laughs> I, think you, I think you said, um, I think you were saying that you brought to, it's just, it just goes down to ego, whether or not the person has one and how they deal with it. Um, Fabi, Fabi, when she was on here, I think she pretty much, she went on a, Pretty good conversation, or a pretty, I wouldn't say tangent, but a pretty good, like, uh, I don't know, a little spiel about whether or not, you know, the ego, especially from a female's perspective, uh, being here as long as she has, is she pretty much talked about ego and how the ego, whether or not how people kind of relate, or not relate, I'm sorry, how they deal with being, um, being humbled, whether they deal with it in a positive way or they deal with it in a negative way. In a positive way is... They accept the fact that, you know, they got humbled and they come back and they deal with it. And the negative way is they say, fuck it, I'm quitting. And then, um, and, it, and it's funny because that's like the first initial time that you get humbled, right? And then jujitsu is always humbling. You know, people always say jujitsu is always humbling. Well, there's, I think there's always going to be like phases of you being humbled. There's always going to be, you know, uh, when you first initially start, you know, physically, you're going to be humbled. And then... Because you're going to be because you're going to be struggling physically, meaning like you're going to get tired. So people are going to be like, "Well, I thought I was in good shape." Well, you're not. Well, you got humbled there. Uh, you get humbled in the sense of, um, I think a little bit later after that, when you're like, "Okay, you kind of get in shape. You get yourself a routine. You, you know, you're able to handle the uh, the classes, right? You, you, you know, you're, you're not as sore after." You know what I mean? You're not as sore as after, so you physically you can handle it, but then all of a sudden mentally you start getting humbled because you start getting challenged. Now you're getting challenged. Before you had people had an out, right? So when they couldn't get something, when they couldn't get a technique, when they couldn't um, find, you know, they had an out. They're like, oh, they just started. It's okay. They, the, the hip movement will come. They just started, you know? They get a pass, but then... That's the first, let's say, six, seven months. Let's say they're reaching, they're going into that year, or they've passed that year. Now it's like, okay, man, you've been here for a year. You, you, you kind of let's. You, you, that should be passed. You should know how to shrimp. You know, you should be pretty good at shrimping at that point. You should be good at like shoulder rolls or jujitsu get-ups. And that 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 stuff is gone. Now it's. Can you remember what we're doing here now? You know, can you remember 
the, the can you try to hit the techniques if you're sparring at that point? You know what I mean? So I think it mentally they start getting humbled because now they're getting now the real challenge happens, meaning that. It, because now they're getting not only okay physically that's done they don't have any excuses anymore now the excuses is up here you know mentally you know or so I should say the humbling becomes mentally because they're like okay well now you're expected to a you know remember the techniques be able to execute the techniques a little bit you know do you know what I'm saying I think that's and I think it, that's the continued progression of being humble humbled in jujitsu it's just as a white belt you know and then you you know you get blue belt purple belt brown belt black belt you know, but um, it's funny because people are always like, well, when they get a blue belt, people quit. Well, I'm like, well, that's a small percentage of the amount of people that quit at white belt when they start reaching that, you know. And I always said it, they're like, well, let's talk about, I'm like, let's talk about the people that quit within the first few months. Well, let's talk about the f- people that talk about, or excuse me, quit within like the first year, year and a half that they train because they get past that first initial now they're getting challenged more, and then that's where their ego starts creeping up again because now they're like, well, I thought I was a lot better than I was, mm-hmm. you know? And it's right there, and it's like, well, and I don't know how many people I've had that, that you know, all around in schools, they're like, you know, even I remember being at Newbury, and I'd be like, well, what happened to what's-his-name or, or whatever? And they're like, oh, they quit. Why? Oh, I'm like, dude, they've been here for like a year. They decided to quit? And like now that I think back, and I'm like, man, that's... It's like that happens more so than not. And I think it's that mental challenge of being able to, you know what I mean? I don't know. Because did you ever reach that point as you, for you to be like, like a, you're like a year in, you're like, oh man, fuck this, I'm done. Um, I, not so much to the point where I like quit, where I wanted to quit, but the point where I feel like I had to reevaluate like my motives and, and my goals. Like I think at one point I got distracted about like getting a gold medal and then, like, I kind of reverted back to the white belt days. I actually feel like the white belt days are, like, a good reference as to, like, uh, how to approach the match today for me personally because all I worried about, all my goals were, were showing up every day and then also not quitting when somebody was smashing the shit out of me because, like, I feel like it's not even just for little people. Just for anybody who's a white belt, they come in, you're getting smashed a lot. You know, and it's really easy to get overwhelmed, like, oh, man, uh, I couldn't get out of this, or I, I just can't put the moves together. But I feel like that's where it gets overwhelming. People expect too much of themselves too soon. And I feel like what helped me not get discouraged is I just stayed to those two goals. Like, don't quit when I'm getting smashed. Don't try not to get discouraged when you're in cycling control, because when you're white belt, you're going to be in cycling control like, all the A fucking lot, time. Damn. Shit. And then, but also just showing up every day, whether you're feeling sad, depressed, or like unmotivated, like just those two things, I think. And then I feel like um, we have a good squad here to where like they'll take care of you. They'll, they see what you need to work on. Right. All you gotta do is show up and do your best and be aware and be like, I'm not gonna fucking give up no matter what happens today. I'm not gonna quit. I'm not looking for a way out no matter what. You know, I'm I pretty much come up to get come here to get your ass kicked. You know, <laughs> expect it. You know, and because the, it's better that you get your ass kicked in here, like, then if the more you get your ass kicked out in here, I feel like it's easier in comp, personally. Like, that's why, that's why I feel like it's, it's good to pick out the, the dude that's going to fucking beat the shit out of you, that's going to make you so uncomfortable, the guy that can push you to that limit where you think you're going to quit. And when you get there, that's your chance to practice, be like, oh, my God, I feel like throwing up right now. I'm inverted, and he's smashing me, but 
I'm not going to fucking quit no matter what. You know, he, he has to sub me, you know. And, and I feel like it's an accomplishment. Like, say you get through uh, five minutes with a purple belt and all he did was smash you and you didn't quit. Dude, that's a big deal, you know. I feel like it's really, like, especially in high-pressure situations and competition, which I've experienced before, it's easy to get broken when somebody's smashing you because you haven't practiced being in that scenario before. Right. So it's about, I feel like you got to, just show up and want to get your ass kicked. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the only way. You know, it's the only way. And you're, sp- you're strictly speaking for like competition wise, but like for a good for anybody that you know coming in who's new, who's a white belt. Um, don't like what he said. Scare you, I guess. But in so- the sense, no, no. In the sense that no, it's good because it, it and it comes in for like the you, you might as well get beat up in here whether you. Unless you're getting beat up out there, meaning like whether it be in competition or whether it be in self-defense, you got to learn those situations. And I think when people don't live in a, don't give themselves that reality check of like you got to practice. And there's some people like, oh, I don't want to spar. And it's like that's fine. You're not, you know, you don't have to. You don't have to spar all the time. I mean, you know, but like you got to have to like the culture of jujitsu is you spar. You know, you can't live a lie where you're like. You're not, and I think everybody here spars a good number of time, and I don't ever force anybody to spar at all. Um, you know, when people want to sit, I go ahead and you know, sit out. You know, especially white belts, if you want to sit out, sit out. If you don't want to do it, then don't do it, but you're going to constantly, you're just not going to sit there, and you're going to keep moving. You're going to, in those, you're going to use that round to like drill. But I think that we can't, like jujitsu, and that's why jujitsu is, is, is everybody's like, you know, it, it's such a great martial art because you, Every time you come in here, it gets proven whether or not it's going to work um, because you're going after, you're, you're sparring somebody on a consistent basis. You can spar every day in other um, combat arts. You, know, you can't spar every day in boxing because that's fucking ridiculous. You're going to get brain damage. Same thing in Muay Thai. Um, you know, I think that you, you, it gives you a good barometer of where you're at every time. And it's whether your goal is to compete or whether your goal is not to compete and just learn self-defense, well, you might as well go after it. Might as well go get, it at, get after somebody who knows jiu-jitsu because not everybody in the world knows jiu-jitsu. And I think sometimes we lose sight of, like, why uh, the, the effectiveness of jiu-jitsu when they're in here and they get discouraged and they quit. It's like, no, remember, like, your goal, if your goal was to do self-defense, they come in, I want to defend myself, and you're getting frustrated because you're getting beat up by another person that knows jujitsu. Ninety-five percent of the world doesn't know jujitsu, <laughs> so you're going to be okay. Um, but I think that, like you said, you're going to have to keep pushing yourself. You're going to have to be like, okay, well, you know, as a white belt that's learning self-defense, you might as well get beat up, quote unquote, or get pushed in here, so you don't have to. If you have to go out there and defend yourself, it's going to be no big thing because you know what to do. You're in a high-pressure situation already. Um, I think that's how we can relate it to all the white belts out there, and that's what I think. And I think that's why I make white belts. I don't make, I, excuse me, I don't make them, but I, I, we roll in beginner's classes because the beginners need to know what it is to have somebody on top of you and get and get exposed to that early get exposed to that early pressure as opposed to waiting 
until, you know, they have two, three, four stripes on their belt to spar. And that's usually what some schools do. Um, I don't because I wasn't brought up like that, and I was fine. Um, obviously, we take precautions here not to, not to have anybody injured or whatnot. But, like, yeah, I don't like um, – I don't, I don't want to say I don't like. I don't uh, – no. I don't um, – I don't uh, – shy away from uh, sparring with, with beginners. And I don't, and I tell the beginners that, hey man, you'll spar eventually. I'm not gonna make you do it in your, today or tomorrow or whenever, like whenever you're comfortable. So, and that's where they get humbled too. That's one of the first phases of getting humbled is now I got beat up, you know? So. Thanks. Tim's, Tim is bleeding. Tim is bleeding from his foot. From my war with Lou. From his war with Lou. Um, but yeah, man. Um, yeah, that's how, I, that's, how I, that's how I look at it when it comes to a lot of this. You know, the ego is uh, it's a hell of a thing. It depends on how you want to handle it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's still like, it, I feel like there's new challenges of it, like the, the longer you do it. Like, mm -hmm. I think at one point at, at White Belt, there's like this, there was, I experienced this like phase of arrogance where it's like, I thought, I was like, man, I'm, I'm humbled now. Like, I don't give a shit about losing. And then, you know, you do your first like blue belt tournament and then you get your ass kicked. You're like, oh, wait a minute. I do give a fuck about losing. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of just like kidding myself or just thinking it's, I realized it's like, damn, there's a lot of ego to strip away. And then you think about the black belts and how many times they had to go through that phase and you're like, fuck, you know, it's a lot. Yeah, there's always, um, being a black belt, there's always levels of being humbled, too, because you get humbled by, you know, if you're black belt, there's always going to be levels of black belt. And it's like uh, a lot of the black belts, there's a, they say there's phases of the white, there's phases of the black belt. You're, you're a new black belt, so you're a white belt, you know, comparative to, like, all these other guys have been doing, you know, who've been black belts. And then, you know, there's a black belt who's, you know, the black belt blue belt and the black belt, you know, and it takes time for you to eventually become that black belt, black belt. Um, that interpretation varies between who you ask. Um, you know, there's the sport and there's the self-defense crowd. Um, but I can see what happens because, you know, you get your black belt you have your, and you're at white belt and because you're learning new things. You know, you're relearning certain, certain things. Um, your different way of looking things. Uh, you're looking at things differently because now you're like, not that you're reflective, it's just now that you're, um, you realize that you, um, I don't know, it's just a change in it. You know, it just becomes a change in like, okay, well, I should probably look at it more simpler ways to do it. And like, you know, um, especially if you get your black belt older like I did, you start looking at other things to do it, be a lot more, try to be more efficient with your movements as opposed to a younger black belt who can move for for days, you know? Because when I'm older, because I'm being older, I look at it as, um, again, trying to find more ways to be efficient with the movements because I know, because I am the black belt, they're gonna be people who are gonna be more challenging and I can't, I know that as older I get, the less movement I'm gonna have, so you look for ways to be, um, to not as, to not move as much. Um, that's why I go back and I revisit some old techniques of old ways, new ways of doing old things is always pretty cool. 
Um, but again, like we were saying earlier, not to for you know not to discourage the new new game because if you do that, you're not if you if you don't evolve, you're gonna die. Um, you know, because I'd much rather have a gym full of guys who are evolving and have different games as opposed to having a having a the same game as I do. And there's some gyms out there who have who just have a shitty shitty version of their of their instructor's game and you can figure them out and it's in competition only. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about competition, but um, I'd rather have guys that come in and be like, Oh, he's over here. Well they play this. You know, that's that's not something I want. That's that's not something that you should have. I mean, there's going to be influence, instructor influence, but I don't think that everybody should play the same game because I think that you limit um, evolution within your own academy because you never know. There's a guy who might be doing something cool, you know, and might become the next worm guard. But if you shut that down, if you shut down that like innovation, you're gonna you're gonna die. <laughs> I feel like the diversity in in the school, as far as like styles goes, speaks for itself. Like when it comes to that philosophy, like there's so many. Everybody has such different games around here. You know, yeah. I, I feel like there's no two of the same. Yeah, yeah. and I that's a good thing. Like I said, I don't. Um, yeah, I see some schools, man. They they're like you can tell the instructor plays this, and they're like, okay, dude, Duder's gonna play this. Don't get me wrong. There's guys that are different who are really good at it who've become just as good at it because they've dedicated their time to it but usually those guys are the full-time <laughs> jujitsu guys that do nothing but it so they can get their game and you know almost the same level as their instructor which is good uh, like the marcelo guys like like one in particular john satava he's a black belt under marcelo he plays the exact same game as marcelo is he going to be as good as marcelo uh probably not but he has the same game and he's very good at it um, so he's kind of, so there. I mean, there's exceptions, but you know, you have a guy who trains once a week and is trying to play X guard. You know, it's not going to work out pretty well because your instructor did it just because of the time and practice in it. But um, then you get used to like if you get, you know, the worst thing to do in a competition. It's like I don't ever, I don't want my guys ever to kind of like blank out in a competition because they didn't know that they didn't know the position they were stuck in. You know. They're like, oh, I, I've never seen that. Um, and I've heard when that competition, I've heard that. I've heard the, I've heard, you know, I've seen guys play like a like a game, like an open game, like a like worm guard or, or something like that. We'll, we'll stick with with the worm. And the instructor's like, what the hell is he playing? What is that? What the hell's he? Come on, it's a lapel, this little stupid lapel shit. It's like, why don't you take the time and learn it? You don't have to play it, dude. You don't have to play it, Mister Black Belt, but you can. You can look at it, you can learn it, you can watch videos, you can mess around with it a little bit and see what, you know. So you're start, so you're, the worst thing to do is your students are like, look at you and go, I don't know what's going on. You know, that should be the biggest blow to an instructor, I think. If your, instructor, if your student's like, I don't know what the fuck's going on, you know. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> what a, you just finished reading a book. Which book? Which book did you just give me? Um, I gave you the Five Rings by Mayamoto Musashi. What's his first name? Uh, Mayamoto Musashi. Whoa. He's like some samurai from the 1600s, I think. And this motherfucker killed 30 grown or 30 uh, other swordmasters. His first one he killed when he was just a kid. 
he killed like an adult swordmaster. But this book is pretty much about his like philosophies on like attitude in um, in combat, and he correlates it with like everyday life. Mm-hmm. Like um, my favorite one of the books is called like the Book of Fire, and it's about attack. And uh, he really puts an emphasis on like um, using every movement to set up a finishing blow. You know, instead of like pussyfooting around or trying to be fancy, mm-hmm. he's all about like being direct and swift and decisive. That was like the biggest thing, and uh, kind of like talking with Josh and uh, and reading that book that that really helped me like start. Fi- I noticed when I tried to start being more aggressive and uh, kind of taking more chances, like I'm gonna go for the sub for a finish, opposed to being like, oh, we'll see if it happens. Getting more finishes now because mm-hmm. of it, and it was it's all because of that decisive attitude, right. It's like with you, like if you're gonna throw up a triangle. From what I get from this book, and kind of my talk with Josh, um, you go for it. You go for it with conviction, like with everything. There's no half-assed triangle, you know, because I mean that's when you get like smashed and passed, right? Or you lose position. So it's like he's he's emphasizing on when you attack, you attack with like all your heart um, and with with full intent, you know, no hesitation. It says that a moment of hesitation will get you slashed. <laughs> Did he actually kill 30 people? Because I was listening, and they might have been agreed upon rules where there were just like, there were duels, but they might have decided for them, like whether it be to death or just bone breaking. You know what I mean? Like, I think most of the, I know what you're talking about, like they would like agree upon like whether this would be to the death or whatnot, but I think most of them were to the death. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, crazy ass times. Yeah, he actually wrote a book. He actually wrote this down. They rarely did that, and that's the cool thing about Mushashi or whatever his name is. Uh, um, I, I'm not really, I don't know if I even said it right, but like that's he actually wrote it down, and it's like they rarely wrote it down. My one of my one of the cool pictures I always look at, or I, I, I always you know because I always try to analyze whether it's real or not, is those pictures of the those one of those last samurais, not the last samurais, but like. A picture of like a group of like what three or four samurais in uh, in feudal Japan, and it's actual picture of you can actually see a picture of them. But I don't know if it's real or not, but it's been around for a long, long time. That picture, I, I feel like, and it's always interesting to kind of look back at a uh, at that time and how those guys lived because there was there was no like there was not like nothing else. It was just like you fight. That's it, you know. And it's like the opposite of I guess now where. We don't fight. Well, we could do fight here in jujitsu, you know, but like, I would say maybe jujitsu is the closest thing to being a samurai. Maybe I don't know. I think Fine. that's why I like it because like you kind you can kind of like it. It kind of is can be like framed as like a similar spiritual journey journey within jujitsu. You are a warrior. Your body is a sword, and uh, dude, competition is battle. You know, you can't get yeah. I, I think in that sense, it's not any different. Robbie, uh, Robbie, in his interview said that he. You know, he was like, he's like, this is a great video game. He's like, this is an awesome video game because we essentially, you know, simulate killing somebody, but we can respawn and do it again. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, I never really thought of it that way, I guess. Um, but, yeah, because, you know, I mean, you, the strangle, I mean, that's just the chokes. I mean, I mean, if you, I guess if you hold on to it enough, Joe Rogan always said that, like, I, can, I mean, he's always incredibly extreme with things, but he's like, you know, we're simulating death. 
I'm, I could kill this man. It's like, I guess you could. Oh, no, it's, I think it's Eddie Bravo that says that. He goes, I just killed you. You know, it's like, I don't, I guess, you know. But if you look at it that way, I mean, it is dangerous. I mean, it's not going to be, I'm not going to hide the fact that jiu-jitsu is not dangerous, you know. But um, what's one of the hardest things that you've learned? What's, the, what's one of the hardest, I guess, it goes back to, what's one of the hardest lessons you had to learn that jiu-jitsu taught you that you're just kind of like, fuck. Um, I think you said it earlier, but I just wanted to. Hmm. Think about this one for a little bit. The biggest lesson, I f- okay. I feel like this kind of went. This like Josh was talking, trying to convince me about like to compete in Chicago, and I was kind of like making excuses and whatnot, talking about money. And uh, I think the biggest one is like finding a fi- kind of determining your own purpose. Which I kind of intertwined with that one time we talked about like um, cre- uh, finding your own path to black belt, and that really, that really hit me. And because I feel like when for Chicago for the tournaments before that, I was training for a gold medal. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I was training for the right reasons, and that like and deep when I like really thought about it, I didn't really identify with that as like a goal. Like I to be honest, I don't give a shit about like a gold medal. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. With Josh was saying, like some people can um, to have a serious jujitsu life, just like commit themselves to the lifestyle. It's not even about like winning, and it's weird. Like I feel like when you start competing for the right reasons to help other people out, to make yourself better, and just to enjoy and explore the art as a whole, understanding that it's endless. It's weird, and then you start winning because when you're not like so obsessed with it, it's weird. And I'm sure it's not the same for everyone. Like I guess what I'm trying to say is like if you want a gold medal and that's what you really want, then just say it. And it'd be like, that's what I'm going to compete for. If you don't give a shit about a gold medal, there's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to be like those people who are competing on the podium all the time. You don't have to be fighting to fit in or fit in that mold. Like, it's just for a lifestyle, you know? I guess that's the biggest thing. It's like deciding what kind of life you want and opposed to just taking what comes to you or the images that come to you. Hmm. Yeah, that's one. That's one of them. It's kind of I don't know. It's hard to put into that one into words, but I feel like I've f- figured out a, my personal reason as to why I compete or why I come in every day. Right. Yeah, and it's not for self defense, and it's not for gold medals. <laughs> no, like I said, no. It's because uh, it goes back. It goes. It goes back. I told people like they come in for certain reasons. And then they stick around for different reasons. And sometimes, obviously, the reason that made you make, made you stick around is a lot stronger than the one that initially brought you in, you know? Because everybody, you know, goal, they'll come in. They're like, oh, I lost 20 pounds. I want to lose 20 pounds. All right, you can do that within the first two months or a month. Fuck, you know? Um, but then after that, it's kind of like, all right, well, now what? You know, and it's like people always have that short-sighted goal that short goal, then they don't have that long-term goal. But I don't think for some people when they come in and they have those reasons, like whether it be self-defense or, I mean, self-defense can be a long-term goal because you'll never, you should never ever stop learning, you know, your self-defense. But when it comes to like short-term goals, like, like I'm going to lose weight and whatever. And it's like, okay, yeah, I mean, but then they they can accomplish that goal within a month or two here doing jujitsu consistently. But it's the one that keeps them around and I don't know if they find it within those first month or two. Um, whether they get like, oh man, I didn't realize how bad, you know, how good of a workout it was. Well, I didn't realize how 
um, interesting it is to learn something completely new and out of, out of my comfort zone. Um, I think those reasons keep people keep people around are stronger um, because I don't feel like, um, I mean, you know, people are always going to, you know, you accomplish that. So I came in because I wanted to learn self-defense, but I stuck around because I met a bunch of cool people, you know, um, and then I started learning something, plus the fact that I like to finish things that I started, um, with exceptions, obviously, um, but like when it's something like this and it's like I knew I'm like I can't stop until I'll just become a loser. <laughs> I feel like if I stopped, you know, halfway. And there's some reasons people stop because of job or, you know, God forbid, you know, fucking injuries or whatever. You know what I mean? But if you're a healthy, able-bodied person and then all of a sudden you just fucking stop because you're just like, fuck this. And then something, something got to you, you know, whether it be... Maybe it goes back to the ego and, like, you know, they probably stopped because they got beat up. <laughs> you know, they were getting tired of getting beat up. But, like, what you're doing here is better than what 95% of the people are doing out in the world. You know what I mean? Because I'm like 95% of people don't know who jiu-jitsu is. But you're, what you're doing, I think, I believe, is, nine, is better than what they're doing. Um, you know, you're making cool friends. You're, you are learning to defend yourself. You are getting in shape. But you're also learning it completely brand new skill that's going to help you that translates to more than just doing jujitsu and learning a martial art they forget that and that's where that's kind of like that spiritual side of jujitsu comes in it's there no matter whether you do sport or fucking self-defense mm -hmm. it's there it's whether or not you choose to acknowledge it and some people are over a little over the top with it and that's what turns people off but I mean I've met guys that are like oh yeah 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 it's gonna make me a better person blah 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 i mean it's like you know and it's like and it's funny because they like use it as they use it as uh as a joke as a as a as a you know at the end of the joke that they're telling you know, oh yeah you know yeah i'm doing this i'm doing you know what i mean it's like but it is though you know what i mean it is making you a better person it is giving you you know sometimes it gives people uh purpose and whether, you know, to come in to, you know, it gives them a purpose, some shit. It gives them a purpose to, you know, uh, maintain a certain lifestyle. Gives a, you know, it gives them purpose to find, to, for employment for some people. You know, me. <laughs> you know, me. Kind of prime example, but other people who do jiu-jitsu full-time. It's their source of employment, you know, that's how they make money. You know, so... Don't give me that bullshit. It's like, it's, oh, it's not making me a better, you know, it's not helping me or it's not changing me. It's fucking helping you, you know, you assholes. <laughs> but I hate when people, I hate, I hate it. I wouldn't say hate, but I just shake my head when people are like, yeah, and they start making those jokes, and I'm like, dude, relax. Nobody's here, you know, nobody's, you know, telling you to write down your philosophies in a book, you know. You're, 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 it's just acknowledge the fact that it's changing, that it's helped you, that it's helped you, you know, and that it's, yeah, it's helped me, you know, and I'm like, shut up, you idiots, you know. I don't know. I mean, that's the way I look at it. Yeah, I feel like once it becomes like a lifestyle, once you find a place for it in your life mm -hmm. that fits well and you can balance everything out, that's when you, like, really start, like, feeling it. I feel like when it's not just, like, a sport or a competition anymore and it's about becomes, like, a lifestyle, mm -hmm. I feel like that's when you really start feeling 
recognizing how all these things relate to other life. <laughs> yeah, I think when people go for the um, go for the gold medal, they're never going to get it. If you start focusing on the outcome as, as opposed to the process, you're never gonna you're never going to you're never going to achieve it because you're so focused on the outcome and you'll never you never focus on the you never focus on the process that gets you there because that's that's just that's important that's the most important part if you're not doing um the little things and i read this and i read this in a book and actually that uh, a book i suggested uh, not too long ago in a different podcast was uh 10 minute toughness in that book he writes down he, he tells you he writes you down. He lets you. He, he makes you write down. It's an exercise. Your long-term and your short-term goals, and then you know what's your what's your long-term goal? Like well, you know, like football players. One guy, one kid was like, "Well, I want to be in the Hall of Fame as a Hall of Fame quarterback." Perfect. That's your long-term goal. That's your goal. You know, 20 years from now, what's your short-term goal? Well, I don't know. Your short-term goals are going to be what you're going to do on a yearly basis. What's going to make you achieve the, that Hall of Fame career? Well, my okay. Well, then you know I need to. I know I need to have. I know I need to have. Um, I know I need to have. Um, I know I need to have these uh, short-term goals on a, on a consistent basis, like this yearly. I have to have good years every year to rack up. You know. Okay. Well, how are you going to have the good years? What are you going to do in the off season? You know. What are these little things? And and the guys like you can break it down literally day by day. You break it down week by week. You can literally break it down day by day. What are you gonna do on Monday? What are you gonna do on Tuesday? What are you gonna do? On, you know, you have daily goals. Your daily goals add up to your weekly goals. Your weekly goals add up to your monthly, so on and so forth. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh shit, you know. He goes, you can break it down that much. And I think when you're when you your gold medal, it's like you gotta okay, you're gonna come in. You talk about your gold medal, but your but your attendance. I think of that meme of the. Kermit the Frog memes, like, you know, you want to say you want to do a gold medal, but you show up to class for two two days a week, and that's none of my business or whatever. Um, but, uh, or the Maury Povich one, you know, you, those memes, you know? You know I, what I memes know the, are? I know, the, I know the Kermit Frog one. Do you know the Maury Povich one? No. Where he's like, you say you want to be something, but your attendance... Uh, your tendency. Oh, your ten- the, the yeah, 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 the light. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I that's what I think of. But like, people are always like, "Man, I want to take first, and here are my goals." Cool, you don't even show up. Like, we had a guy here; he's not here anymore. Um, but he would he would tell me, and I am always interested in people's goals. Um, it's almost like you hold them accountable. And I used to have a gentleman, and I never asked his goals. He would always give them, give me his goals, and he's like. Hey man, he's like, hey coach, this is my goals uh, for the next, let's say, he's split them up like six months. This is my goal for the next six months. Uh, I want to do this, 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 and that. Cool, awesome. And I always be like, man, that's awesome, that's cool, that's great. And then he would never show up to class. I'm like, okay, what the fuck? It's like, okay, what the fuck? So that's like when you, when, when you, when. It, you know, you're, you have to be, you have to break those things up. You know, you can't just say and be like, yeah, I'm going to do it. No, you have to keep doing that. And I think I learned that pretty early on. Like, no, not early on, but ever since I read this book, like, what is it, a year and a half ago maybe, where I was like, because I would give myself, I'm like, I want to win this. But then 
you know, I would not do certain things. And then, you know, I started training harder and doing that. But then this book brought into the light, like, okay, this is the things I'm doing. Now it's like, okay, shit, now I have a plan. It's like, all right, this is what I got to do this week, and this is what I got to do this week, and this is what I got to do this. You know, I don't, I'm not, per, I'm not a person that writes things down, but like I have it in my head, like, okay, well, today I'm going to train. Tonight I'm training. Tomorrow I'm going to train. I'll take this day off. Tomorrow I'm going to train. You know what I mean? And I try to train, okay, this week I'm going to do this. You know, I'm going to work on this thing, you know, and it's helped. That's the process that you need, I think, to win a gold medal, in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, and I like that, because when you stop competing for the gold medal, you'll start winning, because um, it goes, just goes back to not wanting to lose. And it be, kind of becomes like a... You lose focus, I think. When, you, with the, when you're that's what, the gold yeah, medal? Yeah, I think, because that's when people lose focus, is because you're, focused, you're so focused on long-term, you don't see what's in front of you. And then you get stuck in positions, and then you don't. Then you're like, shit, I don't want to lose because I have to win this to get the gold medal. But you're like, okay, well, you're not putting yourself in the positions to win. You know, think about your positions that you need to win, to do, to get to in order for you to win. You know, so that's all. Yeah. Yeah, man. I feel like I feel like the gold medal happens when you've when you've made it a, li- a lifestyle. It's like. It's like a reflect. It reflects on your commitment to the lifestyle. Yeah. Not your obsession with the gold medal. Yeah, and I yeah, and that's what it's funny because people think that it's, and I see that all the time on social media because all these jujitsu people, um, all these jujitsu people always focus like, you know, picture in the gold medal in my hand, and I'm like, why? How about you picture? Scoring your first point in the fir- in your first match, in get the your first grips, round. getting your grips. Yeah, how about you focus on getting your grips? How about you focus on getting a good warm up? And I think people, and I think when I see that, I'm just like, yeah, he'll lose or she'll lose, you know. And I hate saying that, but I'm like, I've seen it, and it's like, oh, lost in the first round. It's like, I've lost in the first round too, uh, many, many, many times. But like, you know, I don't know. It's just it's just weird to me, and I don't enjoy that part of jiu-jitsu when it comes to the competition scene. What do you enjoy the, about the competition scene in jiu-jitsu? What do, what's it about competition that you like so much? Um, I like the opportunity to practice, like, your mentality. And from that book, there was a, a line that I'm trying to exercise. The Mushashi, Mushashi book, okay. Yeah, um, in the intro, uh, this really stuck with me. It says, to die a warrior is to cross, so- to, is to win or lose. Wait, how, what was it? To die a warrior is to cross swords and win or lose without any consideration for winning or losing. And I feel like that's, like, the most rock and roll way to, like, approach, like, anything. Okay, like, say that again. So to, to die a warrior is to, win or, is to cross swords and win or lose without any consideration for winning or losing. So, you're like, you're fighting yeah. for the sake of fighting. Yeah. You know, and I feel that... Um, being able to exercise that in a competitive atmosphere, I don't feel like there's like a thrill like it because you're kind of like in the zone. You know, there's no more thought. It's all like instincts and intu- intuition and all that training just takes over. Yeah, it should take over. I mean, that's why, I mean, I try to tell people like we try not to, we try to train as hard as we can and so you won't have to, so you don't have to struggle with the competition aspect of it, you know, you, 
it, it should just take over. The training should take over and, the, and everything, you know. So it's like that's why we do it. And, that's, and some, some like it, some don't. Um, do you like the – so do you like the hard training? Do you prefer – I mean, obviously not every day but because that just told, takes a beating on your body. But you know what I'm saying, that type of training? Dude, yeah, I mean, like – like I said, I don't ju- I don't really just train for competition. Like I think the main one of the biggest reasons, most of the reasons I come in here is to like relieve stress, to clear my head, to like I feel like if I I that's the main thing. I feel like training hard really uh, makes me feel at peace. That's just my personal preference. Like I like to put I want I like pushing myself as hard as I can the pace, and yeah. Yeah, I, um, but, um, all right, well, <coughs> excuse me, sorry. I've been, uh, sorry for the, had some issues, um, with a lot of things and people calling. Um, <laughs> Scam likely that motherfucker calls me too. Yeah, he, he likes to call people Fuck in the middle him. stuff. Uh, he likes to call people in the middle stuff, which is kind of funny. Um, and I don't know what it is either, and it's like people are just like, I get this thing, and they never, it's usually a Google listing. Oh, the other day I got the IRS call where the IRS needed to uh, talk to me. And if I didn't call this number, uh, the local police department. No, it was the local cops. The local cops were going to uh, come by and arrest me. Not the police department, not Mundelein or Vernon Hills. It was the local cops. I was like, oh, man. I saved a screenshot of it, too. So I can be like, guys, I need some help here whatever cops that train here, be like, guys, can you, I need some help. Can you work, work on this warrant for me? Scumbags. <laughs> but yeah, uh, anything else, man? Well, there's our um, conversation with Tim. I enjoyed it. Um, Tim, again, Tim's got a uh, pretty good outlook on, uh, on jiu-jitsu. He can be intense, but uh, overall, he's actually not, <laughs> not an intense person at all. Um, he's actually very, very laid back. And um, again, if you guys enjoyed the conversation I had with Tim or have been joining our podcast, please go on iTunes or Google Play or wherever you guys are listening um, to these to this podcast, to this recording um, on any platform. Please, you know, rate us, um, give us a you know, give us a, an honest review, give us a five star review, is what I mean is when is what people mean when they say that. Give us a five star review, so it helps us out and um, <clears throat> kind of I, I'm you know I'm not looking to climb the ranks on this but uh you know it i'm uh, it enjoy it uh, helps us get found easier by uh you know our fellow students and everything like that but again any any information about our school please visit lakecountybjj.com and or you can email us at info at lakecountybjj.com and every form of social media we are at lake county bjj uh, so we're on facebook instagram snap twitter anything else uh we're pretty much on it and uh, again it's at lakecountybjj.com so uh thanks for listening and i hope to see you guys on the mat next time bye